0: This episode of Armchair Explorer is brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. With seven drive modes, the Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. And epic journeys is what we're all about. Learn more at nissanusa.com.
1: I jumped in and you know the surge is going crazy. There's huge swell and you're floating in what looks like an ocean of stars because each bite that the sharks take there's an explosion of fish scales like scales literally raining down through their gills and you know after a couple of minutes the bayball has entirely been eaten and you're just floating in what looks like a galaxy of stars.
0: Hi guys, welcome to the Armchair Explorer where the world's greatest adventurers tell their best story from the road. My name's Aaron Miller, I'm a travel writer and today we are diving into the deep blue with an incredible writer and underwater adventurer, Pierre Nirendara. And whether you're an avid diver or you prefer to stick to the sands, I think you're gonna like this one because the ocean is another world and we're gonna see it through the eyes of one of its greatest explorers. Are you ready? Let's go. Pierre Nirendara has achieved a lot. She's a best-selling author, an award-winning photographer, an expedition leader, a Hollywood film producer, and just a really nice person to boot. And her photographs, oh my God, are they amazing? I really couldn't believe my eyes when I first saw them. So please go and check those out. Her website is piernirandara.com. That's P-I-E-R-N-I-R-A-N-D-A-R-A.com or just search her up. And her Instagram is at perhaps. I'll include her info in the show notes too, as always. So please do go and connect with her. You won't be disappointed. A quick favor for me, too. This show grows by people like you helping to spread the word. We are building a community of people who love adventure and want to help spread our message of love for the outdoors, living life to the full, and experiencing the pure joy of this amazing planet of ours. If that sounds like you, and maybe you have a friend or two that you think would like this show too then please let them know, post about it, whatever you can do. It makes a huge difference and is a great way to support the show. Please also connect with us on socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook at Armchair Explorer Podcast. You can also sign up for the newsletter at armchair-explorer.com. Lots of cool stuff in there. And if you're feeling particularly generous... Buy me a pint and become a patron of the show for less than the cost of a single beverage. You can become a patron of this show and join our Explorers Club with a bunch of exclusive benefits, including ad-free shows. So thank you so much, guys. It really does help a ton and I appreciate everything you can do. But for now... Let's get on with the story. Piers' passion for sharing the ocean stories with the world has led her to remote caves, sunken shipwrecks, dazzling tropical beaches, and storming shark-infested waters. And we're going to hear about that in just a minute. But it all began when she was a child standing on a beach, waving to her mother.
1: I was very fortunate in the fact that I grew up in Thailand and I spent my childhood foraging around on the beaches. Uh, My mom would teach me about uh, the various, you know, shellfish and the shrimp that lived in the sands and all these different, just like a very idyllic childhood in that sense. And so that love for the ocean has always been there. It's always permeated my existence. But I have this very, very vivid memory of being, gosh, I must've been like five or six years old, really young. and we were on this island in thailand and my mother went to do a you know a discover scuba dive is what they call it right it's when you don't have a certification you're just kind of doing like a test dive and i was too young to join so i was waiting on the beach for her and when she came out of the ocean she had the biggest smile on her face and she was like oh my god it was magic and I don't think I've ever felt that jealous before in my entire life. Like I was just like, I can't believe I didn't get to go. I'm gonna get older so quickly, I'm gonna get to dive. And then lo and behold, by the time I was, you know, eight or whatever, I did the the bubble maker course, which is the one you do in the pool for Patty, and that's the youngest you can be. So I started with that, you know, breathed underwater for the first time, felt like a mermaid, all my dreams came true,
0: <laughs> and then
1: got my certification a couple years later and just was
0: hooked ever since. Pierce spent years dreaming of dolphins and mermaids, imagining what it was like to live under the sea. And when she finally made it under the waves, those stories began to take shape. In fact, Peer is actually still Thailand's youngest published English writing author. At just 15 years old, she released the first novel of her children's fantasy trilogy, The Mermaid Apprentices. It was a huge success and became a springboard for what was sure to be a truly glittering career.
1: My high school life was basically... (laughs) doing book tours writing children's books but ultimately felt like i kind of hit the ceiling in a way so went to college in boston and then fell into the film industry out in la and had a very incredible career working as a producer and also representing book to film rights at an agency i worked at sony um, the studio just did really like cool work it was like very lucky and was rising rapidly and had this kind of career path carved out for me, but was feeling a very deep sense of ennui and just kind of, you know, restlessness, but wondering, you know, there must be something else out there. So I booked this trip to go diving on what's known as the sardine run. It's essentially the largest underwater migration on earth. So every single year, these shoals of fish, the sardines migrate up the coast of South Africa, and with them come the predators that hunt them. So. Think whales, sharks, dolphins, birds, just a ton of pelagic species hunting these fish.
0: The sardine run is astonishing in scale. In fact, it is estimated that in terms of biomass, it rivals even the wildebeest migration in Africa. And that is the largest animal migration in the world. Shoals can reach up to nine miles long. The activity in the water is so immense That it can be seen from an airplane. The sardines travel in groups of thousands at a time to guard against the many predators that follow them. But those predators are smarts and they herd the fish into smaller concentrated groups called bait balls to make them easier to catch. It is a feeding frenzy and witnessing these bait balls firsthand is one of the greatest marine spectacles on the planet
1: it's on one of the most beautiful and also historic places in south africa called the wild coast so to get there you could fly down to south africa first I mean, you have to take like a smaller plane like a puddle jumper plane then you have to drive down these pothole ridden paths to get to this very remote destination that very few tourists go to and then you spend or i spent a week diving the sardine run essentially on this rubber dinghy like riding up and down the coast in crazy conditions because by the way it's south african winter so there's like huge swell it's very cold and i have this memory of being on this boat for days on end we're like looking for the diving birds and signal the bait balls and we finally find one and the the boat drives up to the the edge of them and the south african guys like yells jump and i look over to the side and there's this must have been like two or three meter long shark that's right next to the boat that's just like showering down on this bait ball. And I look back at the guide and I'm like, right now? And he looks back at me and goes, is this what you paid for? And I was like, okay, he's kind of right. So I just swallowed the fear that I had and I jumped in. The
0: water around her was boiling and frothing with the hunt large gray shadows appeared one after another in an endless parade of the sea's top predators in that moment between jumping off the raft and hitting the water she was frozen with terror but then she landed when under the waves and everything changed
1: you're floating in what looks like an ocean of stars, because each bite that the sharks take, there's an explosion of fish scales, like scales literally raining down through their gills. It's hypnotic. I mean, it looks like these fish moving as a singular organism. You know, I could stare at bait balls for hours. And then you have in the middle of that in a sardine run a shark plowing through that's like disrupting and suddenly a feeding frenzy occurring. Meanwhile, you have these gannets, birds diving down from the surface shooting like underwater missiles and the thuds that you hear as they hit the water drop even more sharks around you you hear the clicks of dolphins common dolphins that are just like going crazy and hunting you can get seals you can get orcas you can get mola mola you can get pretty much like any kind of predator feeding on the sardine run and they don't care about you at all they're just there for the fish so as long as you don't blow into the bait ball you're you're theoretically safe and, you know, after a couple of minutes, the bay ball has entirely been beaten and you're just floating in what looks like a galaxy of stars.
0: And those stars changed her. The restlessness and emptiness she had been running from floated away on the ocean currents along with those galaxies of silver scales.
1: After that trip, my whole idea of the life that I had planned for myself was just completely ruined. <laughs> so I, went back to la and pretty much almost immediately quit my job and strapped on a backpack and went solo traveling across basically for like six months straight went to 20 countries across five continents but primarily spent time in southern africa and this was all by myself with like a backpack trying to challenge notions of what it means to be a young asian woman trying to like you know go on the road my mom was not pleased with that, but she kind of knew she couldn't stop me. I was always a very good Asian daughter, I think, in the sense, you know, I just like got good grades, went to good school, got a really good job, like kind of was doing what was expected, not just from family or cultural expectations, but also for myself. So it required kind of embracing the unknown. And in, in scuba diving, we have this uh, phrase, right, you know, the giant stride, you stand at the edge of the boat, you have your gear on, you take a giant stride into the unknown. and. I like to say that that's the philosophy I wanted to embrace in in my life as well, is to kind of seed control. And there's this phrase also I love that's everything works if you unplug it for a while, <laughs> including yourself. So that's kind of what I did was I chose to unplug from the rat race, from this very demanding career path, and just hit the road for a while and do this little mini sabbatical or mini journey. And it was. You know, in hindsight, one of the best things I could have ever done for myself. But in the moment, completely and utterly terrifying. It was more scary to me than than jumping in with sharks, I think.
0: (laughs) But like jumping in with sharks, her decision to take that giant stride brought her closer to the life she had dreamed of since she was a child. She began to see the world through an entirely different lens. And no matter where she went, the ocean kept calling to her. And then she had another experience that changed her life. This episode of Armchair Explorer is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. And Pathfinder, that's a pretty cool name, isn't it? Because that's also what this show is all about. Exploring, getting off trail, having adventures, finding your own path and living life to the fullest. Sound like you? Yep, sounds like me too. Which is why I'm so excited to partner with Nissan. The 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has seven drive modes, available intelligent 4x4. It's got the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds. So go ahead and bring all that gear with you and lots more. The 2024 Nissan Pathfinder, a vehicle built for adventures everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at nissanusa.com.
1: basically was this huge algae bloom in Cape Town at night. And one of my friends down there, who is the co-founder of See the Bigger Picture Foundation, an organization that gets kids off the streets into the water and discovering freediving. So he's the one who took me to this place. And we spent the entire night trying to capture the bioluminescence, trying to film it. Like he was like swishing his hand around, trying to light up the the bioluminescence I was trying to film and it's impossible. And after a while, I remember just like kind of giving up and putting my camera down, looking up from the viewfinder and hearing just like these elated cries from the, the kids around me, like the local kids who had just come flocking into the water and were just having a time of their lives. They were rushing through the water, looked like they had, you know, they were, looked like comets. They were trailing by behind them. And I was like, this is absolutely marvelous. This is so, so magical and you can't capture that. And so that really taught me about kind of the, the beauty of impermanence and it brought me back a lot to like, I grew up technically Buddhist in Thailand but I, I don't practice and it really brought me back to certain things that I've learned um, in childhood and you know certain beliefs that oh wow the, the beauty in things is because they're transient because they don't last forever you know and so the whole essence of it is just to enjoy the moment. I think your heart's also a lot more open when you're abroad and I hope to brings some of that open-minded curiosity and childlike wonder back into everyday life. I think that's also really important of looking at the place around you with the same sense of wide-eyed wonder that you would at a place abroad.
0: After trekking across five continents, she returned home to California and asked herself the inevitable question. Now what? Her answer came to her almost immediately. More of this. Pierre quit her high-flying career and dedicated her life to the ocean. Now, she regularly leads dive and snorkel expeditions to the far reaches of the world, from the pristine blue waters of French Polynesia to the rugged Pacific coastlines of Costa Rica and more. But one of her favorite trips, and it's as mind-blowing and amazing as the sardine run, occurs every year just off the coast of the Baja Peninsula in Mexico.
1: The Marlin Run is one of my favorite expeditions of the year, the Mobula Ray aggregation. I've seen some incredible wildlife in Mexico and the Marlins are so fast. They almost look like soldiers when they're hunting in formation and they're just like so rapid in their movements that they can be in a split second right in front of you, snatching a sardine from like right in front of your eyes. You get pelicans there that are feeding that you can photograph. They've had orcas, humpback whales are migrating through the area. You can also see we've had aggregations of like thousands of mobula rays. Like so many mobula rays, just like in this vortex, like swirling around. It's pretty wild. They look like like a like an ocean of bats almost. And this last trip we went on to see the mobula aggregation this year, we saw it must have been Dozens of them jumping, like leaping out of the air. It was incredible, it looked like sea pancakes, just like flapping up and down, leaping into the air in a whole row and just seeing these massive vortex of the mogular rays. They will literally follow you for the entire dive. They enjoy your bubbles. They really like to like come and get tickled by your bubbles. So they'll come over and just hover above you. And we've had manta rays follow us for the entire dive up all the way through our safety stop to the surface.
0: If the sardine run is all frenetic energy and spectacle, this is more of a meditation, like watching a giant flock of graceful birds flying in slow motion, and then slowly as they accept you, soaring with them. But while Pierre loved the whip-fast marlins and the flapping tornadoes of mobula rays, her most memorable wildlife encounter on that marlin run was with something much much bigger
1: one of these years that i went on the marlin run we jumped into the water we were looking looking for marlins and we end up getting a blue whale which was just the most unreal experience we were very far offshore so like we, we weren't even i think it was like technically almost like international waters at that point and we were so so far off we, did, we had no idea there was going to be a blue whale there. We were like looking for bait balls. <laughs> so, jumped in, came out of the water, and I could hear my friend like screaming through her, her snorkel, just like We come up and we yell to the guy like, Banana Azul, like blue whale. And it was a very, very curious juvenile blue whale that w- literally like came up to check us out. Like we didn't swim after it, nothing. I literally just dropped in and it came up to the boat. It was a really, really wild encounter and completely on the whale's terms.
0: Blue whales are the largest animal that has ever existed on this planet, reaching 80 feet or more in length and weighing roughly 150 tons, the equivalent of more than 30 African elephants. Seeing a blue whale in the wild is incredibly rare. Diving with one is even more so. Before whaling decimated their population, it is thought there were more than 250,000 blue whales cruising the seas. Now, only between 10 and 25,000 remain. They are a true Leviathan of the deep, but they are gentle, sentient, and highly intelligent too. And you can see that, you can actually see that in their eyes.
1: You know, I just wrapped up a expedition to French Polynesia where we led two weeks of whale swims in this remote island there. And we had, must have been almost every single day, we had a mom and a calf encounter because, you know, the humpback whales are migrating up from the colder waters of Antarctica to come and calve, nurse, you know, give birth, all the things in the warm Pacific Ocean. And so they're just hanging around these islands, and you can jump in very, very milk-drunk, curious calf, swimming up to you, they're still trying to figure out their buoyancy, they're not really sure yet what you are, they're very clumsy, and they're just kind of flapping about and doing their thing, and looking at you with such a profound curiosity. And when you have an animal that is also curious, and will come up to you, and wants to like interact like it looks at you you make eye contact there's something that just pulls at your core that is so indescribable and it really shows you kind of like you start thinking a lot more about the impact you have on the environment and on these animals that live like if i ever had a time machine the place i'd want to go to the most would be like the ocean you know decades ago and just see how alive it was back in the era of Cousteau.
0: Ocean plastics have tripled since Cousteau's time. Ocean noise, which affects all marine life, has increased by a factor of 10. Global warming, coral bleaching, overfishing, beaches are littered with man-made debris, climate change has crept into even the deepest waters. The issues seem insurmountable. And though the solutions are complex and hard and fraught with obstacles on all sides, Parts of the solution, perhaps, begins with something quite simple. It begins with jumping in.
1: Paul Nicklin and Christina Mittermeier, who are you know two of the most renowned underwater photographers and conservationists out there, they talk about breaking down the walls of apathy. And so, for me, like when I lead these expeditions or these trips underwater, bring people underwater. The goal is, if you have an incredible kind of like just like transcendent encounter in the water or especially with an animal like like a whale for example right you go you swim with this like this amazing it's like being on safari but underwater and you get to almost like interact with these animals it breaks down these walls of apathy like you actually it's impossible to come out of the water and not care about the well-being of these animals of like oh look what we're doing in the ocean I've had encounters where I'm swimming and I see this beautiful shark and it has a hook dangling off of the side of its jaw or, you know, seals with like plastic around their necks or turtles that are kind of like looking at plastic bags that thinking they might be jellyfish or there's just these encounters where you realize kind of the impact we're actually having the environment and it's impossible not to care once you've had those experiences. So that's kind of what I hope to share with people and having people have these personal encounters so that they can also come up and be like, huh, what can I do better to kind of help out?
0: The ocean is special. It's where all life comes from and where we come from too. And though it is another world, a world we have not even begun to fully explore. We know more about the surface of Mars than we do the ocean floor. There is something in that deep blue that calls to us. And that song can be heard clearest. When we break down the walls of apathy, take that giant stride and jump right in.
1: I remember doing a dive in the Maldives quite early on and feeling like I was floating through finding Nemo. Like that kind of magical landscape. You're 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 essentially an astronaut, right? There are these quotes comparing diving, like being explored through space. And I felt like that was very accurate for me. And just having that sense of childlike wonder, I think that a lot of us, myself included, sometimes we lose sight of that the older we get. And it's one space in the world where quiet actually still exists. The world is still silent. You know, you have a dive buddy, but your buddy generally can't talk to you. They're all still silent. (laughs) And so it's very meditative. And on land, I'm quite, you know, high energy and running around all the time. And the ocean is like the one space where I get to retreat and be still for a moment and be present. And, you know, when you think of breathing on scuba, it's very meditative, you know, taking these long breaths, calming yourself down, controlling your buoyancy. And so it's a very sacred place to be.
0: Thank you, Pierre. Thank you so much for taking us on your adventures and sharing these incredible stories with us. I'm definitely wishing I didn't live in a landlocked state at this moment, but that's okay because I follow Pierre on Instagram and her beautiful photos inspire me every day to get out there on my next ocean adventure, which I hope is going to be very, very soon. So I highly recommend following her too. Her Instagram is at piersgreatperhaps and her website is com. So thank you so much to you guys for listening and don't forget to share this show with your friends. Connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Armchair Explorer Podcast. And if you can, become a patron of the show to help us to continue to bring these stories to you. Find out more about how to do that at patreon.com forward slash armchair explorer podcast. The link for that is in the show notes too. So until next time, keep on swimming, take that giant stride into the unknown and dare to jump into stormy waters because you never know what wonders are waiting below the surface. And the more we look for those wonders, the more the wonder of the world becomes a part of who we are. Dare to be truly alive. This episode was produced by Armchair Productions. Find our other shows at armchair-productions.com. Jenny Allison co-produced the show with me and Charles Tyree did the audio editing and sound design. I'm Aaron Miller. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.